This morning we're going to pick back up on a series that we started last week, uh, sharing, uh, worshiping Jesus, sharing life, and, and living on mission. This is our uh, mission statement. If you remember back, Matt said on Vision Sunday, and he said, I think since then, uh, that as we, as we uh, function as a church this year, uh, that he wants everything we do uh, to center around those things, that we would be able to trace uh, what we do to, to one of those three things. And, and if you're anything like me, uh, given to kind of going off in a direction and doing something and often wondering, you know, well, where am I now and how did I get here? I think it's helpful for us to be able to do that, uh, that we would look at everything we do this year uh, with a crystal clear focus and say, uh, is this worship? Uh, am I sharing life? Or am I living on mission? And so uh, I think it's a good thing. Last week, Pastor Jay got us started by reminding us eight ways that we worship the one true God. Uh, he said we worship together. We worship in singing. We worship in giving. Uh, we worship in praying. We worship uh, through the Lord's Supper, through baptism. We worship uh, as we go throughout this life. Uh, there may have been a couple more, but uh, I hope uh, uh, that, you, that you wrestle with, it, with this. Uh, he gave us a statement there at the end. He said, uh, church family, how, how are we doing? Uh, Poplar Spring how we're doing. I hope that you thought about that this week and, and that you wrestled with that, wondering uh, perhaps uh, how your offering, even today, uh, will, will be worshipped to the Lord, how your prayers uh, this past week were worshipped to the Lord, that when we sing, that is worship. And so I hope you've wrestled with that and continue. This morning, uh, sharing life. And so uh, what is that? Or, or does that? Does that sound a little touchy-feely uh, for you? And this uh, uh, like kumbaya or one of those things that they do at the seminary. Uh, no, I think on the contrary, it's something that we find in the, in the, in the pages of scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I think uh, when I think of the phrase and, and, uh, and part of our mission statement, sharing life, I, I think of the following words or phrases, none of which in and of itself uh, sums up what it means to share life. But, but these are the things that, that I think about and that I was wrestling with and praying through and uh, preparing this week. Uh, community, uh, living life together, gathering, family, the church, growth groups, D groups, Sunday school, accountability, vulnerability, unity, growth, edification, correction, uh, and more. I said I think we find this thing, this, this sharing life thing uh, in, in the Bible. I think beginning with Genesis, even in, in chapter 1 where we see God said, come let us make man in our image. There's Trinitarian communication and unity in the Godhead. Through the remainder of the Old Testament, we find a people that were called out of their sin and separated unto themselves. Into the New Testament, uh, we see the church uh, going to Revelation. We see the church identified as the bride of Christ, a people, a community of people that have been set aside uh, for the glorification of the Lord, living life, sharing life while on this side. And so what, 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 do we, uh, what, what do we do? How do we do this? I, I've wrestled with for weeks now. Uh, do I talk about the how, uh, the why, like the practical, the theological? How do I, in an hour and 45 minutes, display and discuss and encourage the most profitable way uh, this thing called sharing life? Do we survey the entire Bible? Uh, do, we, do we look at Jesus and the Gospels, living with the disciples? Uh, do we go to Acts? Uh, certainly we could do that. And see the beginning of the church. And I think the answer for me and for us this morning uh, is, is, is one text. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, it'll be a helpful text. Now to be sure, um, there, all the things that I mentioned could be profitable uh, and probably should be your homework. Um, but, but a single text this morning. Are there more that we could use? I think absolutely. Uh, will we cover everything? Surely not. But I think what the Lord has for us today 
in this text will be helpful uh, as this faith family seeks to center everything we do uh, this year uh, and beyond around this thing called sharing life. Our text is Ephesians 4. Uh, and since we, we haven't been in Ephesians, I'd like to spend just a couple of minutes kind of just uh, uh, walking through 1 through 3, uh, chapters 1 through 3, and, uh, and uh, leading up to chapter 4. So uh, in, in chapters 1 and 2, and probably some of the, 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 in some of the greatest ways we see salvation talked about, in, in chapter 1, it's, it's salvation perhaps from God's perspective. We see what, what God the Father is doing uh, in salvation uh, blessed be God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We see what Christ is doing, um, uh, that Christ has set forth uh, as our salvation. We see what the Holy Spirit is doing uh, in, in salvation. And in chapter 2, we, we see salvation perhaps from, from our perspective, uh, our position before Christ and our position uh, after Christ. Now, now uh, there may be some here this morning that some of the things that we'll talk about in sharing life that it does seem a little touchy feeling. It seems a little weird, maybe a little icky, and, and you're just, just plain not going to understand it. And it's possible that you don't understand it because you haven't first responded to the call of Christ upon your life. Uh, because uh, we'll talk a lot about this thing called a call. Uh, we, we've been called to Christ, called to a body, and, and called uh, to share life together. But you're never going to understand sharing life together if you haven't first responded to the gospel. And so for you this morning, uh, I think the first thing to do, the first way to respond to the text uh, is, is to come to Christ. Paul, Paul tells us uh, in, in, in Ephesians 2.1 that you were dead in your sins and trespasses. All of us were here uh, at least one point. Some of us, even here this morning, may still be here. Dead, dead in sins and trespasses in which you once walked following the course of this world the prince of the power of the air. And so the reality is, without Christ, uh, you're dead, spiritually dead. And so you, you, may, you may have walked into this morning, you may walk out, but spiritually dead, separated uh, from the living God. And you're, and you're dead and you're separated, not because of what somebody else did, not because uh, of, 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 uh, of politics or, or, or policies or because of somebody tripping you up or because somebody didn't do something or somebody did do something. You're dead because of your sins and your trespasses. The, the Bible tells us, Paul tells us here in, in verses 1 through 3, that we're sons of and children, sons and daughters of disobedience, children of wrath, following, it literally says, following, uh, following the prince of the power of the air, Satan, uh, following, walking away from God. And if it were to stop with those first three verses, it would be pretty dark. Uh, but perhaps one, one of the most amazing verses in, in the Bible, uh, verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us has made us alive. So the reality is everybody starts out um, uh, separated from God by their own sin, separated, dead uh, from the Lord. Uh, but the Lord can make you alive. Uh, you can't make you alive. What, what can dead people do? Uh, they can do nothing. And so if you're here today, uh, and you've never responded to the call, the call of Christ, I, I would call you today to do that, to recognize uh, because of your sin uh, that you are dead uh, and, and to be alive. And so we'll, we'll call for a response later, but uh, perhaps even now, uh, wrestle with that and, and, uh, and answer the question for yourself, am I dead and have I been made uh, alive? In chapter 3, Paul is going to move on and talk about uh, his ministry, uh, a proclamation, what, what he has been called to, uh, a prisoner uh, for Christ uh, on behalf of the Gentiles. And so for chapter 4, for you note takers in the room, my, my uh, growth group in particular, uh, I know you like uh, uh, notes and, and, and points, and so, so here you go. We'll divide our text into, into three parts, uh, three things, a requirement, an activity, and a goal. And, and if you like longer ones, uh, here you go, a requirement, 
Uh, We must unify around the gospel and activity. We must use our gifts in building the body and the kingdom. And a goal, we must grow up in Christ. We must grow into Christ-likeness. Now, it may be a a little bit misleading because each of these is technically a a requirement, something you've been called to do. It's non-negotiable. If if you call yourself a follower of Christ, the things that we'll talk about are are just things that you you can't, like, leave that. You can't respond to Christ and leave that at the door. All of these things will be a requirement. You must grow. You need to grow. Everybody around you needs you to grow up into Christ. And all of these things are going to be actions. As we talk about uh, unifying around the gospel, it's going to get a little personal. We're going to talk about humility. We're going to talk about patience and, and and, and, uh, and, and not passivity, and so it's going to require action. Um, but but, but I, I liked it, and I thought it sounded good. A requirement, and action, and a goal. So as we move forward this year, we think about uh, sharing life together. What does that mean? Uh, well, there's a requirement on our life. We're going to have to do something. We're going to have to unify around the gospel. We'll never be effective in ministry uh, amongst this body and outside if we don't first unify, uh, and, and there's no way that we can accomplish or that we can grow into mature uh, manhood that we can grow in, into the image of Christ uh, if we're not unified and being obedient to Christ. And I think finally, before we move into the text, uh, I want you to know how I come to you. I don't, I don't come to you as somebody that, uh, that, that, that understands this thing fully, uh, but, but I, I see it in Scripture. I, I, see, it, I see amazing things uh, in, in the Gospels and in Acts, and, and I've experienced some of this in my own life here. Uh, this 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 thing called sharing life and uh, and I've seen it and I and I've tasted it and, and it's good it's good for my soul uh, and I'm and I'm convinced that, uh, that that I need more of it and I, and I want more of it and so um, let's dig in uh, to the text and uh, and let God be be glorified in it. Um, we read verses one through six, chapter four. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience and bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So Paul begins here with, with therefore, much like in the other books that Paul writes, uh, there's two sections uh, to, to Paul's letters. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a theological and then a practical. And so here's the divide in, in Ephesians. And so the first part has been theological. He's been making his case. And so now with that case there, because you were yet dead in your sins and trespasses and he made you alive, not that you made yourself alive, because of, uh, because of all that, because uh, what the Lord has called him out of and what he's called us out of, uh, Paul's about to unload up upon us. You see, for Paul, there was a, uh, salvation was both a blessing and a responsibility. Again, like we, we can't come to Christ and then uh, sit, and, sit and soak or do, do whatever you do. There was a, a blessing and a responsibility. And so he says, I urge you uh, to walk. And so urge, he exhorts them, he, he implores them. Uh, if you're familiar with Romans 12.1, that, that verse that says, uh, therefore, uh, uh, live your life, give your life as a living sacrifice. And so uh, there's a weight here and, and a force. And then your walk. Uh, it's to conduct one's life. It's, a, it's an imperative. It's a command. Walk this way. What way? Walk in, in a manner worthy uh, to the calling uh, to which you have been called. And this, this word called here points us back to, to, to chapter 1. Uh, and it shows us that we're now to live a certain way because what Christ did. He didn't just save us from our sins, but he saved us to himself and to a body and onto a mission. 
So who, who is this for? It says, uh, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been, you have been called. And so uh, it, it's, a, it's on all of us, church. It's, it's not on the person that's sitting to the left or the right of you. It's on you. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, and he's talking to you. He's talking uh, to me. It's not for the PhDs. It's not for the elders, the deacons, the Sunday school teachers. Nope. Uh, it, is, it is upon us. If we've been called out of death into life, we're called to be a little Christ, if you will. And Paul, uh, Paul is doing this. He's, he's, he's our example, right? He says, I, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord. Not, not a prisoner of Caesar, uh, but a prisoner for the Lord. Uh, this, this is Paul. And so Paul uh, talks about this thing calling a bunch. He talks about it in other letters as well. And I think it's important why I'm, why I'm continuing to say this, this call because, you know, when, when, Matt, when Matt and, uh, and the other elders set aside and said, gosh, you know, we're going to come up with this mission statement and it's going to be worshiping Jesus, sharing life, and living on mission. And, like, are those the catchy things that all the other cool churches are doing? No, it's because it's, 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 it's right here in the page of Scripture. And so uh, the, the, the need and the command to, to share life uh, is not something that, that sounds good. It's something that we find in Scripture. There is no sense in which uh, we've been called to Christ and haven't been called to gather as a body and, and to labor for, for one another. And so, uh, it, it's, uh, so I, I don't have to convince you why. Like it, it's, a, it's a call, and it's upon your life. If you're saved, now do this. And so uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 1 and 2. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who are in every place, call upon the name of our Lord, both their Lord and ours. And I think this is really good. If we take, he says call or called three times. If we take those in reverse order, uh, it, it's, it's really plain for us. It, it, again, in reverse order. So take the last one. Those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, both their Lord and ours. And so those who are saved. And so that's the first call. And then there's another call, called to be saints together. That, that, that's, that's what we're doing here, right? So this thing is biblical. It's not that, you know, maybe what you should do or because Matt said or because Michael said, like Jesus said, you've been called to Christ in salvation and two together. And then thirdly, Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle. And I know us have been called to be an apostle, but th- but that was his occupation. That was his labor. That was his activity, j- just as you are. And so, uh, some of us have been called uh, to, to, to labor and to be missional in the, in the replacing of windows or to be a, a, a pharmacy or cut down trees or be nurses or whatever. But fill in the blank, uh, your name called by the will of God to be a, a what? Uh, right where you are actively for him. Um, and so uh, there's so much packed in this first verse, and it's crucial that we start here. We'll, we'll never have the, the kind of community uh, that we see in the New Testament uh, that Christ calls for that I, we, need if we, if we don't first get this. In the gospel, Christ has called you from death to life, but also to surrender, to live uh, as willing prisoners for Christ, to live a life worthy of the calling on your life. And so I think in this passage we're going to see what this looks like. He gives us in verse 2 and 3 uh, a, a glimpse or a portrait of what this looks like, some, someone to, to walk worthy. I urge you to walk, worthy, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Uh, go home and wrestle with that just for a little while as, as an aside. Walk worthy of the calling, right? Go, go and read what he says in Philippians. He says something very similar. Walk worthy of the calling, right? <laughs> walk worthy. Christ uh, condescended, came to earth, died for, the, died for our sins, uh, which he did not sin, died for our sins. Walk worthy of that. 
Well, and it's not meant to shame you, okay? It's not meant, that's not meant to shame or to guilt you. But because of what Christ has done, giving up everything, now you live life with an open hand, a willing prisoner. It gives us, it gives us a portrait of somebody walking worthy. Uh, it's, uh, it starts with humility. And so humility, the opposite of pride. Go to Philippians 2, Christ again. Imagine that is our example, right? He who being in the very form of God did not consider equality with God something to grasp, but gave up these things. Voluntarily set aside these things, these rights, wants, and desires that you and I hold on to so tightly uh, for, 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 the, for the Father and for his glory. A good way to think about humility, hopefully I'll say this right, is not talking, about, uh, not talking less about yourself, but talking about yourself less. Hopefully that came across well. It's a difficult concept in our day and age uh, when, when everybody is, is talking about pamper you. Hey, you need, you need to have a you day. You know, go exalt yourself. Go take care of yourself. You know, go, 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 go take care of number one. And I think for unity and community to exist, uh, we're going to have to be marked by, by people uh, that, are, that are humble. Uh, the next thing he says is gentleness. And so similar to humility, but, but, uh, but a wee bit different, uh, I think the in view here is, is mildness, not to be confused with weakness or self-control. And so this is something we've got to work at. And so if your name is not maybe Karen Siciano or Heather Hefner, you're probably going to have to work at this. I think two people that I, when I think about, I think, gosh, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're gentle. But uh, for all of us other folks in here, uh, work, labor, action, right, uh, for, for gentleness. Patience. Uh, if you were convicted at humility, you're, 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 probably, uh, you're probably up again or getting another dose of it. Um, I think for us today, we, we've got to have it now, and it's got to be in a hurry. I mean, uh, I mean the microwave isn't quick enough, right? And so for the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Sometimes it takes, it takes uh, time uh, to crack and move and mold our hearts, but for the Lord it doesn't. Uh, it, it, it's then, and it's done. Um, I think I've been, I've talked with Anna recently, and I I think we even talked about it in Uganda, uh, this notion of we want things now, uh, but it seems like the the imagery, the agriculture uh, imagery uh, of of hand and plow, and here's your row, and and, and you be faithful, and and plow that row, and and be faithful, uh, and, and wait upon the Lord. Um, and, and it is waiting, uh, and it is patient, and it requires uh, of faithfulness. And so, uh, and again, remember that for the Lord, uh, it's not waiting uh, a thousand years a day and days a thousand years. So, um, man, that's tough, right? Uh, the whole uh, hand, plow, row. Like when you come in, Lord, like when are you going to do something uh, in, in my timing, in, in his timing? The next thing is bearing with one another in love. This phrase could be linked uh, with, the, with the previous and uh, uh, in, in linked with patience. And, and uh, I think in another sense, or maybe in white level, that they say it like this, putting up one another, right, Adam? Uh, so this is, this is putting up with one another, bearing with one another in love. In order to have unity in the body, we must, as one writer said, uh, in the midst of passive, in the midst of tensions and conflicts, the patience required will not be passive resignation, but the positive attitude towards other and, and, and action, Okay. Uh, don't, don't be passive in that. Paul knew his audience well there in, 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 uh, in, in Ephesus. Gentile and Jewish Christians brought together in one body to be sure they were going to have their differences. Paul knew this, hence the uh, y'all get along more than that, uh, put up with one another. I think any time two or more sinners are, are gathered together uh, trying to do something for the Lord, there, there's going to be conflict and there's going to be the need to bear one another. I, I could be overestimating here. But, but I, I guess that some or many of us have at least had one relationship with another member, even in this body, 
uh, where we haven't borne with one another, we haven't put up with one another, uh, go and do so. So working to maintain unity. So if, if, you, if you could slide by passively until now, uh, that, that, that's over, right? Working to maintain uh, unity. In, in ASB it says, be diligent to preserve. In another translation, make every effort. Uh, what we learn from this verse is uh, passivity will not preserve unity. And if we want to do that sharing life thing, if we want to do this, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, the time is over to be passive. Uh, work now. The reality is uh, we're going to start with unity. The, the Lord gives, gives it to us. Uh, you see it there. It, it's a gift. Um, but, but we have to labor to, to preserve it. So then, so then what are we unifying around? We talk about this often, but probably not enough. Uh, why, why would we want to unify? Why, why, would I, would I, why would I want to be humble? Why would I be gentle uh, with folks that are a little hard to be gentle with sometimes? Uh, and what will it be that we unify around? There's no way... Uh, that we're going to be humble and gentle. There's no way that we're going to be uh, patient with folks. There's no way that we're going to bear with one another if there's not a common bond or driving, uh, driving force. Uh, we're just not that good. It may sound like a simple thing. Uh, gee whiz, David, the Sunday school answer is we've got to unify around Christ. Uh, but, but, I, but I think I, I find myself and, and perhaps others uh, looking like that but, but wondering if that's it. So I think the things that we can unify around and that we do often, uh, and these things can be good, uh, we, uh, we, we need to be doing some of these things in, in order to bring folks to the Lord, uh, but, but what, can we, what can we unify around? We can unify around neighborhoods, um, perhaps the, the people we, we live around, uh, we can unify around family. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all ever heard, and if mom was listening to this, I'm going to be in trouble, but, uh, but I, I've heard before that uh, after I got saved that, hey, David... Uh, you know, I know you like your church family, but 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 we're your family, your mother and your father, and you can't you can't can't miss them. And so, uh, they're, they're what's really important. And so, the reality is, I'm gonna spend eternity with y'all, okay? And so, y'all are 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 above. And if I'm gonna unify around anything, it's gonna be around y'all first. And that and that's what it, that's what it's got to be. Uh, we, we can unify, well, not we, but women can unify around uh, mom life. Uh, I was talking to Anna about this, and she said, well, gosh, you could even go further. It could be unify around bottle or breast or around vaccine or not or homeschool or not. Uh, we can even uh, elaborate, uh, unify around stage of life. And uh, as, I, as I look at the people in this room, I think, you know, how many of y'all are, are, are dudes and you have kids between the ages of 2 and 15? And if you do, like, like you and I can get together in this place uh, Sunday school, growth group, uh, even this morning we can talk throughout the week uh, and we can talk about being husbands and, and, and we can talk about, uh, about being fathers uh, and we can unify easily and it looks really good on the outside. Uh, but the reality is have we unified around Christ? Is, is everything we're doing, the counsel that we're giving, the reason that we're together, is it Christ or is it just that this dude understands my struggle? You know, like, uh, so it, it's, it's really easy to unify around a lot of the things, even churchy things, or even, even connections in the church. Uh, but, I, but I wonder, uh, is it Christ? And again, it's okay to talk to other folks about, about being uh, husbands uh, or, or about being uh, fathers, mothers, uh, et cetera. These things are okay, and uh, we, can have, uh, we can talk about football. Um, uh, we can have recreation, but, uh, but what, what, do we, what do we gather around? Um, uh, we could we could gather around race. We could r- gather around unify around wealth uh, or the lack thereof, football, hunting, politics, and, and more. Uh, 
And for the sake of these common bonds, uh, we will overlook the uh, things that we don't ordinarily uh, think about. Think about even at work the things that uh, the things about that, that you won't press uh, because you want to preserve the, the unity that, that's there. And so we don't. And so Paul makes it clear for us that we should gather uh, around around Christ with a series uh, of seven phrases that begin with one. We should get, there's one body, uh, the church. We have one spirit. It's a common origin in the redeeming work. Remember Ephesians 2, what we talked about? Uh, he made, he caused us to go from death to life. That, that's the work uh, of, of the spirit. We have one hope. And so this isn't like a hope, like I'm going to have a good meal when I go home for lunch today. I probably will. But it's, it's a confident expectation in the person and work of Christ. If we were to look uh, at, uh, in more depth in the first three uh, chapters of Ephesians, we would see a uh, pick up on an end times theme uh, that, that points us to, to our end. And so the reality is these are the folks uh, that you're going to share eternity with. Unify with them around the gospel. You're going to be with these folks uh, for, for eternity. One Lord, one, one master king. Uh, our, our, our king, our master, it cannot be. Theirs wasn't Caesar. Uh, and ours cannot be fill in the blank, Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or whomever else or somebody more locally. Uh, our master, our king, our Lord must be Christ. One faith, a unifying belief in the Lord. One baptism, which is a common ordinance or, or a common obedience. We act this way. We live this way. We live out the faith because of, we're unified around the gospel. And one God and Father, probably my my. my my favorite one out of all of them, one daddy. If you think about the, the, the adoption metaphor in salvation, right? Uh, you're adopted if you call yourself a follower of Christ. Uh, you, you, I'm adopted, and, and we, have, we, have a, we have a common daddy now, and, and it's Christ. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're family. Uh, so unify around this, this thing, uh, the, the gospel around Christ. And so notice two things. Uh, you're called to this, uh, and, and, and it's yours. Another preacher had this to say about unity in these verses. In order to pursue these qualities, we must be willing to renounce the opposite of each. Uh, Listen to this. We must renounce self-centeredness in order to walk in humility. We must renounce harshness in order to walk with gentleness. We must renounce the tyranny of our own agendas in order to walk with patience. We must renounce idealistic expectations in order to walk with forbearing love. We must renounce indifference and passivity in order to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. The church is unified and God is glorified, right? Last week together, worship. Uh, The church is unified and God is glorified when we live with such Christ-like conduct. Sharing life will require nothing less. And again, I've said it, and I'm going to say it over and over again, just, just, just because it's good. Repetition is good. It's good for me. Uh, hopefully it's good for you. Uh, it's not optional. Like all this stuff we just talked about, it's not optional, right? Because of chapter 1, 2, and 3, because of what Christ did and, and making you who were dead, capable of nothing, alive, because of that, uh, you're in this body. And, 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 now, and now do this. Faith family, if we're going to do anything, uh, it's going to start here. Uh, you've got to be committed to this body and more committed to this body than any other body uh, in, in the entire world. Sharing life will require us to unify around the gospel and around Christ. Lay down those things that hinder this. Repent where you've been passive or indifferent. Seek reconciliation with a brother or sister where needed. Commit to this body 
invest your time and vulnerability in this body, unifying around the gospel, sharing life with one another will cost uh, much. Uh, but if we don't get this, we'll never do the things that he mentions after this, building the body, building the nations, or growing in Christ's likeness. Number two, an activity, uh, we must use our gifts for the body uh, and the kingdom. Read verses 7 through 12. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who, who, who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he, gave, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. And so the first thing is, see, uh, this grace, uh, grace to you. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Uh, the gifts that we receive are God's grace to us. This is not saving grace. Uh, it's gift grace. Uh, God has given you something uh, that you need. Notice that each one of us has received something. Uh, surprise, surprise. It's not some that have been given something, but it, it's all. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure uh, of Christ's gift. And, so, and also see Christ, the, the king, in authority. And so uh, in quoting from Psalm 68 here, it's a, it's a victory hymn, and Paul portrays Christ as the conquering king or the general who is returning from battle uh, and giving the spoils of war. And so what's, what's the battle in this case? What, what, is, the, what is that? And, and, it's, and it's hell, death, and the grave. You see, Jesus, when he came here, lived a perfect life and died the death that he should not have died for you and me and was resurrected three days later, he proved that he had victory. He had power over death, hell, and the grave. He is returned from war, and now he's giving gifts. And the gifts are, are gifts of grace so that we can be about building this body and building uh, the kingdom uh, for him. Much like the hymn in Philippians 2, we see Jesus descend and then uh, ascend uh, to be with the Father. A key phrase in this passage is, is, to, is in, this, in this section is to equip the saints uh, for the work, verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body. So let's just stop with to equip the saints for the work. And so uh, the word to equip, uh, I believe this is the only use, usage maybe in the, in the entire New Testament. And so equip here, uh, it's a complete furnishing. It's all you need. And so don't ask for anything else. Like you, you got what you need, okay? To do what the Lord has called you to do right here and right now, you have what you need, a complete furnishing, and so he has equipped us. He's given us all, all we need. And then who? Like, uh, he's equipped the, the saints. And so who's that? Uh, that, that that's, that's, that's you and that's me. And so uh, those that God has rescued and those that God has saved and redeemed, those same people that have a new identity, a new purpose, a new activity, God has set you aside uh, in, in his grace. He, and and you, are, you are this. And so he's equipping you. Uh, for the work of the ministry, and so there's no there's no there's no sugarcoating this this last part work right, and so uh, some of us uh, may struggle uh, with work from time to time. We we don't like work. I mean, I, I don't I don't like work sometimes, but like there's there's no sugarcoating this. It's the plain meaning of work. It's going to be toil, uh, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be difficult at times. There will be joy in it, and sometimes uh, there will be sadness. But but it is it is work, and so be ready to labor. Uh, and it's not like, and it's not like, like we, we, we can say, you know, we can, we can try to get out of this. Uh, again, remember, uh, Paul started out with, I therefore prisoner of the Lord. And so because of everything he's already written, because he took you from being dead and made you alive, you didn't, you didn't do anything in that. Uh, he did it all because of all that. Now labor 
with the gift that he gave you for his kingdom. Labor, work, uh, and, and we see that we're building two things. Uh, there's, there's a kingdom work and there's a body work. And so uh, he's equipped us for the work of the ministry. This, this word ministry here uh, is diakonia in the Greek, and it's similar to the word that we translate deacon. Uh, and so ministry, is we can think of it as service or those who execute the commands of others. And so you, you, you Christ follower, uh, you've been equipped uh, to do the work of somebody that, that commands, uh, and that is Christ. Christ is commanding us. Uh, he saved us, redeemed us, bought us, set us apart, set us aside for this thing, for this ministry, and he's equipped us uh, for the work. Uh, and, and then also we see that he's equipped us for, for, for body work, for building up of, of the body of Christ, uh, this, this church. And so uh, this body, uh, as Paul Tripp said, your, your life is, is much bigger than a good job and understanding spouse and non-delinquent kids. Uh, it is bigger than beautiful gardens, nice vacations, and fashionable clothes. In reality, you and I are part of something immense, something that God began before you were born and will continue after you die. And God is rescuing falling humanity, transporting them into his kingdom, and progressively changing them into his likeness, and he wants, and he wants you to be a part of it. And may I add, through a local body of believers, as is, is designed, sharing life, means that we're laboring together with the gifts of grace, with the complete equipping uh, for his body and his kingdom. Lean in with me for a moment and, and, and hear this. If you call this place your home, if you call this place your faith family, uh, then you have an obligation, you, you have a duty uh, to labor for and alongside uh, other members. Did you hear that? You, you owe. You owe. Paul said this in, in Romans 1, right, that he owes the gospel like it's this is the deal, and I'm sorry if somebody didn't explain that to you when they called you to Christ, when they presented the gospel and said, "Do you want to be saved? You know, just you know, uh, do you know that Jesus loves you? We'll then walk an aisle, pray a prayer, right?" But they didn't they didn't tell you this, but but this is it. Um, that there's there's an obligation, obligation, a duty, a labor to come alongside others and for others. We'll speak more about this in the next section, but here clearly, inherent in sharing life is is action. Uh, there's, there's no sense in which uh, that when we think about sharing life in our mission statement that action isn't included. Body work, action pointed uh, inward and outward. And so I think it's probably also a, a good reminder just to talk and just to think about the kingdoms and so uh, to labor and build his kingdom. The reality is that uh, there are a lot of little K kingdoms out there, right? Mine, yours, and everybody else's, right? Um, and so don't build those. Those won't last. Those, those will burn. Uh, but his will stand forever. Uh, Number three, a goal. Grow up uh, in Christ. Grow up in Christ. Verses 13, 15 through 16. Until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of of the stature of of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about, by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when every part is working properly, makes the body grow up so, so that it builds itself up in love. So what is the goal? Uh, th- this is helpful for me too. And I feel like I've said that a bunch, but, but it is, right? Because, again, we, we, we start off on this path, and, and we're doing these things. We're doing these programs in church. We're doing these ministries in church. Or, 
uh, D groups or growth groups or we're meeting with somebody or, or, we're, or we're, we're doing the men's institute. Like, like at the end of the day, what's the goal of sharing life? Like, like we, 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 need, we need to be able to know that and be able to recite it often and quickly uh, and be able to focus. How does this relate to the goal? What is the goal? And the goal, Paul says, is to, to attain the unity of the faith and knowledge and mature manhood. And so unity and faith, unity, that, that there is agreement. Uh, the goal is, is that you and I would have agree, agreement on what? On faith, the thing that you believe, the thing that we're trusting in. And knowledge, that you would grow up in knowledge. You're supposed to grow. Like, it's the expectation. Uh, I think here, that, 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 that shouldn't come as a surprise here uh, from the teaching that's here in this pulpit and in the Sunday school classes and elsewhere, but the goal is that you grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Uh, it is the expectation. And I think uh, don't, don't, don't miss uh, who, who is called to attain the unity until we all attain the unity of faith. And so, like, that whole individualistic mumbo-jumbo garbage that the world talks to us about, uh, like like yesterday, uh, Ann and I are going out. And we're at the Starbucks, and on the back there's this Lady Gaga, you know, quote on the back of the Starbucks shirt, and it says, "Don't let anybody tell you that you you aren't who you are," or, or it, it's it's some stuff like that. It's like the truth is in you. Like trust your heart. Well, no, don't 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 do that. And so it, it's you see there, we all attain. And so the goal is is that we all attain. Not not that you that you get there, and then we. Not that I. We together. That we all attain, and I'm thinking, like, how often are my thoughts, or my prayers, or my actions, or my giving, is it all individualistic and, and, and me? Um, and how much am I thinking about and, and, uh, and have the, the goal in mind that we all attain? And, uh, and, and we should get this. You know, what happens in the church, it, it's, there's a, it, it's a, I think there's a, there's a, not a connection, but it's similar to what happens in a marriage, right? With man and a woman, what's the, what's the point? Uh, uh, that the, the these, the, these two people are together, and they're uniquely positioned to push one another to Christ, right? And so that Michael and Sammy together, uh, that they uniquely are able to push one another to be a whole lot more like Christ than they would uh, separate. That's, that's what we're doing. That's what we should be doing. Uh, and so until we all attain, not you, not they, not some of us, not I, like we all attain, do you feel the weight of that? Remember, you owe. There's, there's, a, there's a duty, there's an obligation, there's a burden. Uh, there's a burden, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Like uh, it may seem in that moment like it's not a good thing, but that's because we're, we're, we, got the, we got the whole individualistic Western whatever um, that, that wants to say, well, is, you know, you, you get yours. Uh, no, no, it's, it, it's we. And it's a good thing, even though that autonomous, loving part of your heart is cringing, uh, it's a good thing, because you can't do it alone. Like, who in here is good at being good? Like, who in here is good at making themselves better? Like, I've been trying to, like, eat better and, and, and be under control for, like, a couple of months, and I, and, uh, and I, and I can't do it. But there, there are plenty of other things. Like, uh, we're not good at being good. Um, we, we need this. Uh, this is a good thing. Uh, if it wasn't already clear, uh, remember, your life is not your own. You uh, belong to the Lord and have a duty to us. In, in chapter 5, Paul is going to tell the Ephesians to submit to one another. Uh, we, we all read that next verse and we go there, and, and it's the verse that sometimes can be a little bit rough when we're talking about wives submit to husbands. But before we even get there, there's a mutual submission in the body. Give up rights to your life. Christ is our example, right? Who being in the form of, very form of God did not count equality with God, something to be grasped, but, but gave it up. And so submit to one another. Summing it up, we're called to mature manhood. We are called to mature manhood. This is the goal. 
uh, brothers and sisters, that when we think about sharing life, the goal is that, that we would be unified, that would be, we would be acting and moving uh, both in here and out there for a goal that we may be more like Christ. Uh, we, not I, uh, not how can I pour into to Chris and so he'd be more like Christ, but how can, how can we come together so that both of us would be more like Christ, that God would be glorified, that God would be worshipped, uh, we all. And so mature, brought to its end, finished, wanting nothing in completeness. Like that's the goal, and, and, and praise the Lord, it's going to happen, right? right? Philippians 1 tells us this, right? That God's doing it. God saved you, but you ain't done. He, he ain't done with you, you ain't done. Uh, it's not good English, but, but, it, but, it, but it's good. Uh, he is doing something. You have been saved, and you are being saved. This sanctification right here, and he will carry it to its completion. Like, this is the goal. Like, don't settle for something less. And gives us a standard uh, to the measure or stature of the fullness of Christ. Um, and this is, this is what we've been called to. Um, so what, what's it going to look like in verse 14 through 16? Then we'll close and be done. So what, what, is that, what does that look like? What does it functionally look like? Uh, I think it's growth in doctrine and it's growth in action and it's growth in contribution to the body. It says here that we would, so that we would no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, that you grow up in doctrine, that, that you'd be able to stand. Uh, and then that, that doctrine, that growing up in that, growing up in Christ, growing up in our doctrine, our understanding of what God has given us and what he's called us to, that, that, that always, there always should be a link with doctrine and action, right? This informs, that one informs uh, the other. And also that we uh, growth and contribution uh, to the body. And so what, what does that look like? And I, I think in trying to explain that, what, what is uh, the growth uh, and the contribution of the body, it would probably help us to look at the, the entire rest of the New Testament. And so um, that, that may sound scary as you're thinking about lunch. Um, but but uh, th- there are these passages in the New Testament called the, maybe we'll call them the one another passages, right? It will say something like accept and then one another. And it will say this and one another. And, and, and if, you looked at, if you look at them collectively as a whole, uh, they, I think they give us, uh, it's, it's weighty, but, but it gives us a, a good picture. And so I got about 25 here I'm going to run through, uh, not reading the entire verse, uh, but reading about, about 25 of them. And I think uh, that the, the, the rest of the New Testament, uh, in, in short, in brief, will, will, I think, help us, instruct us as we think about what is growth. Uh, a goal of sharing life uh, look like as a, it's a contribution to the body. I, I've summed them up into, into five buckets, if you will. And the first is putting yourself beneath one another. Uh, putting yourself beneath one another. Accept one another, Romans 15. Be honest with one another, Colossians 3. Confess sins to one another, James 5. Forgive one another, Ephesians 4. Serve one another, Galatians 5. Submit to one another, Ephesians 5. Uh, second bucket, teaching and pushing one another. So exhort one another, Hebrews 3. Admonish one another, Colossians 3. Instruct one another, Romans 15. Spur on one another to love and good deeds, Hebrews 10. Third, not two, but three, fellowship and familial. Be devoted to one another. Be devoted to one another, Romans 12. Be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4. Be, bear with one another, Ephesians 2. Ephesians 4. Honor one another above yourselves, Romans 12. Love one another, John 13. Fellowship with one another, 1 John. Greet one another, 2 Corinthians. Offer hospitality to one another, 1 Peter. Fourth bucket, sweating for each other. So what does the New Testament talk to us about sweating for one another? Um, Bear one another's burdens. Uh, There will be sweat. 
uh, required. Galatians 6, build one another up, uh, 1 Thessalonians. Care for one another, uh, 1 Corinthians. Comfort one another, 1 Thessalonians 4. Encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 5. And pray for one another in James 5. In the last bucket, unity, uh, set aside yourself. Uh, be of the same mind with one another, Romans 12. And pursue peace and build up one another, Romans 14. No matter what you signed up for uh, or knew when you responded to the call of Christ, you know now. Uh, if it wasn't clear before today, hopefully it's clear now. Uh, you have been called to a community. You've been called to share life uh, with other believers. Not living in isolation or passive inclusion, but passionate, faithful, patient pursuit of Christ with one another. Are you doing this? Are you doing this? If so, praise the Lord, and now go deeper. Value your own sanctification and those around you to reveal your own sin struggles and to put up with other sin struggles as you walk alongside them and instructing them and comforting them and allowing them to do the same to us. So uh, commit to growing in your knowledge of the Lord and do it alongside somebody else. Let the commitments of your time be indicative that this is who you share life with. Let the word commitment be descriptive of you uh, in this body. If you're not doing this, uh, then start. Uh, but where, you ask, uh, they're, they're, where is sitting all around you, right? It's people. Uh, this body, look around you. The people sitting here are where to start. You can also think about Sunday school or growth groups or D groups. Uh, but remember that simply being there doesn't equal sharing life. Uh, it could lead to that, uh, but it's no secret sauce. A program never equals something in and of itself. And it may be something entirely different, something I haven't mentioned, but at the end of the day, uh, hopefully it's clear that we have to do this and we at least have a glimpse of what it looks like. But whatever it is, engagement will be required. Engagement. So I, I, earlier I said something, I said vulnerability a couple of times, and I think about growth groups and small groups and D groups and, and vulnerability and why I say that so much, because I think that, that we really truly don't share life until we begin to kind of put aside the veneer, uh, the, what, what I think you, you think of me, and I'll say stuff like that. I can't tell you what's really going on in my heart. Uh, no, set, set that aside. Uh, it's, it's, it's not uh, the, the, the litmus test for are you sharing life, but, uh, but it's an indicator. And so whatever it is, engagement will be required. You could fake it and go through the motions and check off a box, and maybe others won't notice, but in doing so, you'll rob yourself uh, and them. Faith family, uh, Poplar Spring, God is calling you to share life uh, with, with these people. Uh, walk in a manner worthy of the calling you receive, praying and steadfastly pursuing our mutual maturity. Let's pray.